Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, what sort of man am I? Wow. So sometimes at the show, at the beginning of the show, we'll have an idea that we're going to discuss. Uh, we'll have a, maybe an anecdote to share. But it sounds like we're starting the show with a real existential question, Jordan. <laughs> what sort of man are you? What sort of man am I? Uh, a human man of flesh and bone? <laughs> you know, I thought so. Are you, I are thought you not so. sanguinous? I thought so until I, I received a mass email that turned my world upside down. As they so often do. Who has not received... A mass email that has turned their life upside down. So, just you do you? For example, there there was a lifeguard at the pool with COVID. So I got I got that email the other day. He's fine, but uh, you know everybody's getting a rapid test. Go ahead, Jordan. Sure. Um, I would say mine is um, uh, mine is much much more important than that. Um, Thank you. Probably. Uh, so my things more important. My things better. Um, Jesse, you're, uh, you do you re- you receive mass emails, right? Sometimes you're like on a list, you signed up for something, you didn't untick the box, you're on, you're getting these marketing emails. And... I get all kinds of mass emails. I I get mass by mass email. Oh, good. <laughs> so you get to attend a Catholic yeah. service yeah. via mass. Father email. Torres, yeah, mm-hmm. down at the yeah. Um, that's fun. So somehow I got on the Latin list. I don't know. <laughs> I can't figure out how. Yeah, to there's a modern this, mass and... email you can get. Um, exactly. And the uh, and the worship songs are a little more rocking. Yeah, acoustic guitar. Right. So so when you get a mass email and you don't recognize it, usually you can kind of like trace where it's from, right? Like for instance, if I get a mass email about a Joan Jett concert, right. I understand that I'm getting that because I recently went to an Elvis Costello concert. And you're like, okay, right. I understand why they think I would want to see this because I bought tickets to this comparable thing, right? You can kind of like trace how yeah. the algorithm got there. Sure. But I received a mass email and this didn't go to my junk. This went straight to my like inbox inbox. A lot of times these mass emails, you catch them right in the junk. No, yeah. This this went straight past the junk, uh, gra- grazed my taint and went right to the <laughs> inbox. Sure. I'll, let me read you, I'll read you this mass email. Thanks, Jordan. Deep House Brunch returns this Sunday. <laughs> or Love by Day and Scotty Boy present Cru- Groove Cruise Deep House Brunch DTLA. That's downtown LA. Featuring yeah. Scotty Boy, DJ Scooter, Christian Ten, Myron Eugene, Christian Bradford, D Sharp <laughs> on violin, Diego D Rocks on drums, Gary Stewart Wait, on guitar. On. There's, a, there's a violinist. There's a at violinist the at this Deep House Brunch. Did you say one of the DJs was named Myron? There's, so it's either Myron or Myron. The, the spacing is a little strange on this text. It's either Myron Eugene or Myron Eugene. It's me, DJ Herschel on the ones and twos. Myron. Myron. And this is all happening at the Elevate Lounge, 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. Does 7 p.m. count as brunch? Anyway. Can you give me the, what was the lineup on that? Drums? Violin, uh, trombone, Scotty Boy, DJ Scooter, Christian Ten, Myron Eugene, Christian Bradford, mm-hmm. D Sharp on right. violin, Diego D Rocks on drums, and Gary Stewart yeah. on guitar. 
What's crazy about it to me, Jordan, Mm -hmm. and look, there's a lot of weird things about this mass email you received. Yeah. But I think what's craziest about it to me is that you're more into hip house. Thank you. you. Thank you. You're not even really, like if this was, if you got an email, Baltimore club party. Yeah, I'm there. Detroit techno party. Absolutely, you're there. Chill hop, shoegaze, sissy yeah. bounce. These are my genres. <laughs> Normally, look, if you're going if you're gonna go to brunch, yes. I know you. We've toured together. We've we've been friends for 20 years, Jordan. Yeah. 20 years Long we've time. been friends. I know that if you're going to brunch, it's eggs benedict and sissy bounce. Bennies and bouncies. That's me. All day. Every Sunday you do this. And you drive, you'll drive all the way to Culver City to do it. Yeah, sure. This isn't something they have in Pasadena. You gotta get all the way out to Culver City for this. I'll go to Lakewood for a good sissy bounce brunch. You'll get on the 405. You don't care. 134? I'm there. <laughs> Should so. we just list freeways? Local <laughs> freeways, huh? Uh, so okay, two que- uh, How did I end up on this list? I right. don't. I don't think I'm the sort of. How are they? How did they receive my information and go? This man is into deep house brunch mm-hmm. from Groove Cruise. Yeah. Also, why is there nothing on the mass email about the menu? There's nothing about the food. So the food could be bad. Did you go to that thing at IHOP where they had Moody Man spinning on the ones and twos? Yep, that's it. That's it. Yep, you're right. There mm-hmm. you get. There it is. Thanks. Yeah. I was just there to try the burgers because they had the new burger thing where they changed it to yeah. IHOP, so I was just there, but that's yeah. probably it. Moody Man was there, though. He was there, yeah. And I did, I did spring for the bottle service. Okay. So. so they know they have your email address from when you did the bottle service. There you go. Okay. Now so I, that's pro- now did you have to give them your email when you did the bottle service? Do you remember that? Yeah, they did. They asked for the email. Okay. Yeah, this is all making sense. We figured this out. Did you give them your real email? <laughs> yeah, and several others, too. <laughs> I just gave them a bunch of emails. I thought it would make me look like hot shit if I had a bunch of emails. A whole, what did you give him? Steve Agee's email? Steve Agee's email. They, Eliza Skinner, did you give him Eliza's email? Yeah, my dad, uh, our, old, oh, our old literature <laughs> professor. Oh, Colin Muhammad? Yeah. Oh, you gave him Professor Muhammad's email? I, did. I still had it. Well, that'll be nice. He's such a nice man. It's at ucsc.edu. I don't know if he still teaches there, yeah. but uh, if he is, he's oh, getting an invite boy. to Deep House Brunch. Yeah. Maybe I lean in. Maybe I'm a deep house brunch guy now. Maybe I should just get, um, I don't know what I wear, a deep V probably, like expensive jeans, but with like gold boots. Is this the, mm-hmm. you know, is, am I getting this right? Is, <laughs> is, this, the, this, is this what they're doing when they're clubbing in Chicago? You're imagining gold boots, yeah. expensive jeans, and a deep V? I think so. Yeah. I mean, that's possible. I'm just guessing here. Again, I'm Ask just your, guessing. Can I make a recommendation? Yeah. Ask your dad. See what he has to say. Yeah, well, if I could get a hold of him. Send him an email. Yeah. Our guests on the program this week. Cuddling, cuddling a beautiful cat. Beautiful cat. Wearing cat ears that are not, that are not just a filter. Actor and podcaster Meredith Salinger. Hello, hello. And receiving technical advice from his wife consistently throughout the preamble to this program <laughs> comedian podcaster television writer actor emmy and grammy winner grammy award winner mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah man 
Oh, I forgot you you wrote the liner notes for that U2 album. Yeah. Yes, I did. And that's I got the best uh, best Grammy liner notes. I you know, yeah, I just, you focus on Larry Mullen and that statue is yours. Uh-huh. <laughs> Patton Oswalt. Hi guys. It's weird that you were talking in your preamble. Uh, Meredith and I are a big fan of uh, Brunk, which is a crunk brunch. Uh, we There's one that we really mm. like doing up in uh, <laughs> North Hollywood. Uh, you get great, great mm-hmm. egg, egg bennies and um, just shirtless dudes in clown mm-hmm. makeup uh, dancing really violently around you. And it goes together. It works. Great way to start a Sunday. Yeah. Love a good brunk. That's hot. We met at a crunking venue. Yes. A crunking venue. That's where they crunk. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's... Yeah, a crunk venue. It was a pop-up called Crunkin' Donuts. <laughs> and we both went there uh, to get some, uh, some crullers, or right. should I call them crunkers. Yeah. And our eyes our <laughs> eyes met over a, over sure. a glazed uh, log. And I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Patton. I wouldn't want to get too much further into that. You know, I know East Coasters love those logs, but I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, it's an yeah. East Coast thing, I guess. <laughs> I guess you have to have grown up with it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's a joy to have the two of you on the program. And at the same time, no less, the, the mm-hmm. two of you co-parenting a human child. And uh, yeah. I, know, I know what it takes to, uh, to get a child into a different room. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's really easy. We we drove her four hours away and left her in the woods. Yeah. She's oh. actually at camp right yeah, now. Yeah, we, we drove her into the <laughs> desert with a pocket knife and a canteen full of scotch and went, you know, today you're an adult. And, uh, Take yeah, care of yourself, honey. Hopefully, you know, God willing, uh, and if she's strong enough, we'll see her July 31st. How to raise an independent child. So we'll see. Hopefully. And you know, the thing is, if she comes back, it was meant to be. Eggs, thank if you. Thank returns. you, yes. Mm-hmm. But if she doesn't, yeah. it was, yeah. you know. Just wasn't in the cards. There you go. My kids are doing this summer. They're doing uh, Voyage of the Mimi Camp. That's where you, you put them on uh, a whaling vessel. <laughs> yes, and then it crashes uh-huh. on a remote island. And it's great because sure. um, actually, my son Oscar, who's seven, was already he doesn't like going to camp, but he was already pretty good pals with young Ben Affleck. Right. Um, <laughs> so he, that was like an entry point for him was he already had a friend there. Oh. And my, my youngest Frankie is, is best friends with the grumpy old man who captains the ship. <laughs> Go ahead, Jordan. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Meredith, uh, you were, there was a lot of fun cat action going on during our, during our intro. She wanted to be on my lap. She loves me so much. She won't go anywhere without me. She's very fickle though. No, not with me. <laughs> but like she'll want to be with you and then she'll suddenly want to get up and then she'll want to come back. She's very, she's a very whimsical cat. She doesn't sit in the snuggle very long. No, no, she does not. But she likes to have breakfast around 730 and she'll wake you up until you feed her breakfast. But if Patton feeds her breakfast at that hour, she will not go downstairs until I take right. her downstairs. Correct. I, ha- I am the one. She will not leave my side. Until I go downstairs and I happen to sleep late today. It was 1030 and I was getting that right in the head. This is not a cat you guys got together. This was a cat that. No, this is a cat we got together. Oh, okay. It just made a choice. Oh, yeah. Wow. Alice and I got her. Yeah. It surveyed the scene and made its selection. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. uh... The thing is, they both pressured me. I had had cats for 15, 17 years. And before I met Patton, both my cats had passed away. It was like I, they, you know, two years prior to me meeting him or a year prior. And I was like, OK, that was a big responsibility. 
no more. I we're done. And then Patton and Alice were like, we want a pet. We want a pet. You and then I was like, I don't want the responsibility. It's gonna be my pet. And then Alice, of course, like every child on the planet, is like, no, 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 I'll take care of it. I'll play with it. I'm like, when? <laughs> when are you gonna do that? Like in the 30, 30 minutes you have to get ready for school in the morning. Or in the 30 minutes you have after your after-school activities before you have to do your homework to go to bed. When are you going to take care of this animal? Mm -hmm. So they forced me to. And so I love her to death. She's my baby. But it's a it's my cat. I think what a lot of people don't understand about cats is that they're very sensitive creatures. And they also um, they also appreciate irony. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what do you mean? Keen sense of irony. What? Keen sense of irony. That's why they're called the Alanis Morissettes of the animal kingdom. Yeah. But you were saying, Jordan, before I interrupted you to tell you all about my cat. <laughs> no, that's what I was. I was curious. I was curious if the cat, um, n you know, now that now that you're podcasting and I imagine you guys have probably had to do a lot of like press type stuff. Over oh, Zoom. she heard the podcast. She was like, I want to live with that famous <laughs> family. I'm going to go nuzzle yeah. up to them. She worked her way. That cat was like, yeah. now that they have a podcast, yeah. I'm in. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> yeah. She thought it was. Hold on, Jordan. She thought it was a paw. Cast. Oh, for God. Yeah. oh thanks, John. God. Oh God, um, you're just like Patton. Uh, Get on that pun roll. Oh, Jesse, actually, Jesse, the the network yeah. is yeah. calling me in my headphones. The podcast <laughs> yeah. network that you own. Yeah. Um, the show's canceled. There you go. I knew we could do it. Oh, really? Well, they're going to be pretty disappointed that they canceled this show. And by they, I mean, I guess me, because I do own the podcast network. Yeah. Uh, when I win that Grammy Award for liner notes, Jordan. <laughs> wow. Can pod have podcasts been nominated for Grammys? Uh, I don't think so. I bet that's going to be a new category one day. Like down the road? I mean, reality programming Podcast became Grammy? a new category. It was like best... In the Grammys? Oh, not the Grammys, but like... But the Grammys is sound and reality TV is like Emmys. My point is, things that didn't exist before yeah. will suddenly right. start mattering. Like, you know, best unboxing video. <laughs> I mean, they didn't... The Grammys didn't recognize hip-hop until, like, what, the 90s or... It was a long time before they recognized him. Yeah. It took a long time. <laughs> yeah. Before that, there was 15 years when they were just known as the Steely Dan Awards. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get my Steely, you would say. Yeah. Well, the, the first, I think the first heavy metal award went to Jeffers, Jethro Tull when they finally did the category, like in the 80s. Right. Like long after Jethro Tull had stopped mattering, they gave them a uh, Grammy for best heavy metal band. When I was in college, I took this class that was like one of those classes that you take because someone else says, take this class. It's a certain number of credits. I took this class. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, was called, it was called The Music Business. And it was taught by a guy who I, I had some actual background in the music business, but I don't remember what it was. And the, the mm -hmm. only thing that I really remember from that entire course is that at one point he got his Grammy ballot uh -huh. and he brought it into class. You know, it was a lecture class. It was 80, 80 students or 100 students. Brings it, into the, brings it into the lecture hall and says, I haven't heard of any of these fucking people. We're taking votes on everything. And he just wow. went down just like a best alternative Latin spoken word, word album. Here's your choices, show of hands. And just picked everything on that basis. And I, whenever I see the Grammy results, I think of that. And I think that's, that's what's hilarious. That's 100% <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. what's going on here. 
Right. Like, like Don Cheadle getting nominated for an Emmy for two lines in, uh, in a Marvel show. Literally two lines. Literally two lines. Yeah, and I mean, nobody's going to begrudge Don Cheadle. No, he's great. But one of the one of the lines is, give me an Emmy, please. <laughs> so <laughs> you can understand. No one yeah. wants to defy DC. <laughs> I remember in college, my college experience was, um, you know, dedicated to avoiding math and science, the things that um, made me cry in high school. Yeah. Um, so you know, uh, but not breaking up with a girl or no, no. I would have to have gone out with a girl, right? Right. To break up with her. So Got it. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's, but there's also obviously a requirement, and and Jesse, you talking about like, oh, this is the thing the person told me to take. My one of those, they were like, oh, if you need these science points, take the class Violent Universe. Violent Universe. Mm-hmm. Guess what was not as cool as the name. The class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I sincerely just guessed, by the way. You're like, guess what? I'm like, yeah. the class? Am I right? Did I get an A? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> okay. 10 points okay. to Meredith. Yeah. Yes, 10 points to Meredith. <laughs> I was going to guess Godspeed, you Black Emperor. Right. <laughs> but go ahead. They got a guy who plays the saw, Jesse. What more do yeah. you want? <laughs> Um, anyway, yes. So yes, Violent Universe, uh, l- very mathy, very boring, uh, did not live up to its name, which sounds uh, like the most metal fucking thing in history. I mentioned this once on Judge John Hodgman and got some really angry emails about it. But I, I, I don't endorse this behavior that I'm about to describe, but it is honestly what happened. I also needed science points. Um, and I went to arts high school. So... I don't, I don't know that, I know I was in physics class, but me and Hua, the other guy who were in AP Hua. physics, me and Hua, uh, Hua. Hua was great, Hua was a great guy, Hua knew Kung Fu, he could do Kung Fu, like cool Kung Fu stuff. Hang on, Hua knew Fu? <laughs> yes, Hua, like you were talking to Hua, Hua, first of all, the most genial guy in the world. Uh, but you would be like, hey, Hua, do some kung fu. And he would do like a spin flip. Damn. You'd be like, holy shit. But anyway, uh, Hua was, um, uh, Hua and I were the AP physics class. But that was just Miss Freeman Dove, our, our physics teacher. She was just like, I mean, you guys don't have to come if you take the test. So we just took the test at the end of the year. Um, but I don't, I didn't take biology and I didn't take chemistry and I do not know how I graduated. I cannot figure out retrospectively how I graduated because you're supposed to take those. Um, but I had not taken those and I had to get science points in college. And so I signed up with, uh, a couple of mutual friends of, of me and Jordan's and from college, Nathaniel and Dan, uh, me and Nathaniel and Dan signed up for a genetics class. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is going to be fun. Like, it was a gen ed class. It was like a 101 level class, whatever. It was, you know, it was the equivalent of physics for artists. And the first day of class, she starts drawing those pictures of chemicals on the board. And I was like, I, I leaned over to Nathaniel. I was like, I don't know how those fucking pictures of chemicals work. I what what is that? He's like that's a you didn't take chemistry in high school. I'm like I didn't. I don't know. I took I don't know. I took Commedia dell'arte. Does that help? And 
he was like, well, I can try and show you how to do those pictures. I'm like, okay, this is my housemate. He was a nice man. So I, he showed me for about half an hour after school that day. And I was like, man, this, this sucks. I was like, hey, Nathaniel, can I just sit next to you and cheat off your paper every time? And he's like, yeah, sure. Um, so I had never, I had never cheated in high school. I had never cheated in college, but it was my senior year and I had to get science points to graduate. And I was like, I'm not going to fucking learn science now. Like I'm, I'm, I go to a public university where I have to get points in every category to graduate from college, (laughs) but I am cheating my way out because. Had you already gotten accepted to college or, or were you not going to college afterwards? This was in college. Oh, this is in college. Oh, I thought it was your senior year of high school. This was my senior year. I was a 22 year old man who had already, I had chosen in my life not to become a science man. There was no question on this front. But was this a, was this a, a situation where you had you you have to get this credit or you can't? Yes. Graduate. Yes. Wow. I had a scenario like that. Yeah. In high school, I had a scenario where you had to get. Uh, it was a drama class, and I was away doing a movie for three months, <laughs> and I got back, and the acting teacher was like. You didn't you didn't attend class. I was like, I did tutoring for all for math and science and history. They're all letting me graduate. And I was here doing acting the whole time. It was just your class. (laughs) And she's like, theater is different than film. And I was like, wow, she gave me the snap. Theater is different from film. I've never booked a movie. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. And then I went to the principal and I was like, I literally spent the last three months, 17 hours a day doing actual acting. She has to pass me. She can't not pass me. This is not fair. And so he was like, of course not. I'll talk to her. But <laughs> did you do a monologue from our town? No, you did not. <laughs> did you pretend to be an animal that you observed at the zoo, <laughs> Meredith? I didn't you, think so. Let's hear your duck variation. The memory of biting into an apple really tasted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did it. Tasting I passed. Pat- yeah. Patton, what were your school struggles? What was what was tough for you? Girls, math, math and science, and, <laughs> yeah. and 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 girls and clothing and uh, uh, people. I mean, it just it was people. I mean, the thing that was a struggle for me in college was the fact that midway through college, I started getting work as a stand-up comedian, and I knew that that's kind of what I wanted to do. So, a lot of the 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 memories you're supposed to have at college, where everyone was doing stuff on the weekends, I'm like. I have, I'm going to go do a gig. Like I'm off to do a gig on the weekend. Like that's what I would do. I'd get in my car and go off and do gigs. And so there was like a struggle of, I kind of like, I needed to finish college for my parents and really wanted me to finish college. But I think probably near a third of the way into junior year, I'm like, I'm happy to leave right now and just go do stand up. Like this is, feels like a waste of time to me, but I didn't, but I couldn't, I didn't, cause I didn't want to disappoint my parents. Yeah. You graduated. Yeah, that makes sense. I graduated. Yeah. Barely. I took way too many credits in English and not enough in math and science. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to uh, appeal to the uh, board of degrees 
the uh, Committee on Degrees. The Board of Degrees. So let me wave those. 98 degrees. And I remember, yeah, <laughs> I had to talk to 98 degrees. It was just the band 98 A degrees. A very hunky board. Great abs. Great abs on that yeah. board. Yeah. And then I had to talk to the three degrees from Philadelphia. Thank um, you. <laughs> TSOP. Very old school. Gambling. Um, oh, and when will I see them again? Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, the uh, and but luckily they let me. I, I remember one time I was talking to the advisor and he was like, Hey, just stay an extra year. All you got to do is take nine credits. It'll be the best year of your life. It'll be so easy. Nine? You, I was nine credits short. I was each you class. Were, you was were worth nine three credits. credits short? Yeah. Damn. Because I took too many in English. I didn't take enough math and science. They're so like, oh. all these English credits don't Well, count. didn't you know that as you were going along? Did you not plan no, accordingly? I didn't, uh, no, I didn't plan accordingly because I was too right. busy. I was consumed with stand up. And then I did. And then at one point, the guy said, he goes, just stay an extra year. And I was like, I have a job. He goes, oh, where are you working? I'm like, well, I'm a comedian. And then he goes, I don't think this college uh, wants to be known for uh, graduating comedians. Like, I was like, fuck off, dude. And then I really like, I went full bore appeal and they let me out. With with Uh, nine credits left, they let you out? Mm -hmm, They let me graduate. What? That is not fair. Yeah, it is. I just look, fuck me. I was too into English and I took way too many. I took a lot of English classes. I was like really into, I was taking basically graduate courses. Yeah, but you have to have, it's a liberal arts college, dude. You have to have a well-rounded education. That's the point. I took geology and physics and all that shit. Who cares? Well. And I still, I still uh, read, I read Bill Bryson and, and, yeah, exactly. So I'm, trust me, I'm well-rounded. I don't I know. I don't, like, who cares about <laughs> geology? Tell that to a fucking geode, dude. That's a rock with crystals inside. Oh, I love geodes. Tell that to the gift shop at the Natural History Museum. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hello, this is Patton Oswalt. I don't like <laughs> this stuff. Yeah. Go fuck How does this stuff. affect Jesus me? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Jesus Unless Christ. Unless I'm Andy Dufresne trying to get out of Shawshank, I don't need to know about pressure and time in geology. <laughs> This is a geode. Oh, wow. Meredith has produced a geode. There you go. I have more geodes. I can bring more geodes. Thank God. I'm in a room full of geodes at the moment. I'm just glad Brian did his pre-pro on this episode. Because we always say, Brian, find out if they have geodes. (laughs) And he always fucks it up. Every time Brian fucks it up. But this time. The walls are geode walls. Sorry, Jordan. Oh, I really resent the uh, your college counselor's suggestion to just like stay another year and have an easy year because that that is that is like the origin story of the weird college townie. It, like, exactly. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want to be that guy. And also, that's true. I, he was like, I want to work. Like, I'm actually fired up by my career. I want to get out in the world and work. And his whole thing was like. Just stay here and fuck around. I was like, that's no way to live a life. Fuck that. Yeah. I want to get out now, there. Mm, I'm not convinced. I'll tell you why. why. So between my three on the AP calculus test mm-hmm. and my three on the AP physics test right. and my four on the AP US history test and AP English wow. test, I think. Like mm-hmm. I had enough. Cr- I had almost one semester's worth of credits when I was going into college. Uh But I went to college, uh, I went to college with free tuition because my father was a a disabled veteran. And I also got a little stipend from the college radio station when I became the news director. 
and a stipend, a little stipend from the federal government because I, my father was a disabled veteran. So mm. I was getting like five or 600 bucks a month. I was netting $500 a month going to college. Wow. Damn. And it was, it was gorgeous. It was a beautiful setup. But I had to be a full-time student in order to get those benefits because they all scaled according to my course load. Like if I was at half time, I only got half the money and I needed it to pay my rent. So uh, I had to finish all the semesters, but I had extra credits at the end. And it was actually Jordan who saved me because Jordan wrote a play his junior year, my senior year of college, that I had not done anything in the theater department in our college. And um, I auditioned for the play thinking that Jordan would give me, uh, you know, just like a walk-on part. And I'm like, great, I'll get these credits. I'll get Mm -hmm. paid by the government. I'll continue to live on the dole. It's all all set up. (laughs) But but what what happened was, what happened was they had a draft, an actor draft. And what? Jordan and Jordan got a late pick. He, he, he drew the short straw. Yeah, they fucked me. It was a snake draft. Oh man! <laughs> and so uh, Jordan Jordan successfully successfully chose uh, the uh, a beautiful a, a beautiful classmate of ours named Adnan uh, to to be in his play. Um, but then I think they just ran out of dudes. And so I ended up with a medium big part in Jordan's play. And uh, not only was it very hard, uh, but I'm pretty sure I fucked up Jordan's play. <laughs> so no, Jesse, you didn't fuck it up. did a good Je- job. Jesse, that play became Hamilton. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Good one. There you go. So, yeah. Uh, I wanted to, this is this this discussion is reminding me of something we were talking about uh, before the recording started. So Meredith, you were you were you were helping Patton with the the tech side of his recording. Yes. And this is not a this is not meant to be a call out because I am a man who has <laughs> uh, constant struggles with technology. Right. Despite and I think it it frustrates people when I am frustrated with technology because I present as such a nerd. And I think that when you present as a nerd and you have hard time with things like technology and science and math, people are like, what's your fucking deal, nerd? And it's like, no, I'm not. I There's different I, kinds of nerds. I know yeah. about DC Comics crises. I don't know about this. Yeah. Anyway. Star Wars, the Marvel <laughs> Universe, and DC, and yeah. Patton knows all that. Yeah. Any I, book I mean, ever I written, can... he can tell you about but. Friend, other this things, friend of mine no. broke down like there are subcategories of nerds that like other there's literally a pecking order so that there are some strata of nerds that other strata make fun of like <laughs> my, a friend of mine pointed out he goes i know that you know everyone thinks that oh comic-con is full of nerds because you have not seen nerds until you uh go to a silent movie festival and see like laurel and hardy nerds like that is a <laughs> Well, that's level another level. Of nerddom that you cannot even friggin' imagine. You know? So yeah. I don't know I don't know why I know this about Laurel and Hardy nerds. Um, but there <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna say I say I don't know why. I presume mm-hmm. it's our friend Elliot Kalen's fault that mm-hmm. I know this. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there are like clubs for watching 
silent movies together that aren't even movie theater clubs. It's like guys who have home projection booths and like and like super eight projectors or whatever and film oh, reels and they all get together and they watch, you know, three features together or whatever and they all you know, they all jack off in a cup. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> They leave their keys in a fishbowl when they get there. Yeah, no, but that is the movie's just playing in the background. That's just there, and then it's all about the it's all about the cup jack. Yeah, (laughs) I'm plugging my ears to those of you on. Sorry, Meredith. Sorry, yeah, sorry. I'm a delicate flower. Be careful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it it really is. it, It really is like a specific type of nerd. The one that is the most interesting to me, I think, is is like a a Hollywood autograph nerd. Oh yeah. And that's kind of sad like when you when you go to things and they're there with their like like a backpack full of like photos and that's just their right. life and you're like, "Oh man." But in the old days when people were like, "Can I get your autograph, Marilyn Monroe?" You know, you were standing next to her, it was like proof that you stood mm. next to her. It's super exciting. But now, if anyone asks for your autograph, it's like, she's 40 bucks on eBay for that picture. He's 100 bucks. Let's get their autographs. Nobody right, cares right. about you. They just yeah. are selling your autograph. Yeah. Meredith, are there categories of nerds that are interested in specific parts of your acting career? Because you've been in all kinds <laughs> of different stuff. But n- nerds well, don't to, like I've, all different kinds of stuff. No, they they're, like particular kinds of stuff. They've got niche, little niche. Well, I, I've done a lot of Star Wars animation stuff, and so they do have. Oh. I've been to a few conventions, so there's those Star Wars uh, fans, and then there are like the. I've done a couple horror movies as well, and then you go to those conventions. They all dress differently. They're different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> every really do. every convention right. has a different style. Yeah. The, the horror movie fans love tank tops. Like big long, like the men, the men have those. (laughs) You're just describing our friend Stuart. Well, they have long, they have tank tops that are very low. So you can see all their hair under their arms and they're very hot and sweaty. And they sometimes have a hot wife and that hot wife is carrying a baby. And that baby is drinking a can of Coke. And you're like, what is happening? <laughs> that, that is what the horror fans. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, the Star Wars fans don't, they are not like that. They're dressed differently. And uh, I, I remember going to, at the Egyptian theater, they had a noir film festival that was put on by TCM a couple years ago. And I went to that and remember thinking, huh. It's L.A. in July. Why does everyone here have an umbrella? Everyone here brought in an umbrella. <laughs> For the heat? No, I think that's just because they carry it around. It's like their yes. thing. I think like, it's... like up or like holding it like a cane? No, they just had it. Yeah, yeah, kind of tw- yeah. twirling it. <laughs> yeah. I think you'll find that the noir fans, they always have an umbrella and they always have a, a set of Venetian blinds. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay, for lighting. Just they just case. gotta put it there so the light can I'm, shine through and get. Yeah. Them. Yep. For lighting. I've been to many a film noir festival, and there's a lot of people that like to dress in the vintage 1940s clothes, especially when you you see the couple where the guy and the girl are really duded up and like that is gorgeous. Dressing for the movie, you know. I love oh, I that. love that. I would. So dress, I would do that. I see those people at the uh, Rose Bowl flea market. The Rose Bowl is the biggest flea market in LA, and it's mostly. 
like the most distinctive part of it is a huge vintage clothing section. So yes. people come from lots of people come from Japan once a month, fill fill a uh, you know giant duffel bags, bring it back to Japan, that kind of thing. And uh, there are folks who are into 1940s and uh, 1950s clothes. Those are two different groups of people. I want to be very clear. Deco people and rockabilly people and never the twain shall meet. Oh, yeah. But uh, you see those couples. And what's great about it to me is you don't ever see, you don't ever see like, with rockabilly, maybe once in a while, but you almost never see like two 25 year olds together dressed like that. These are people who picked this up in 1995 and they're just in it forever. This yep. is just their thing. And they're just getting older and older. Like now they're 55 years old, but yeah. they're just, they're just fitted tip to toe. Uh, and I, and, and at the Rosewell flea market, this is Sunday morning at 8.15. And that is the part that blows my mind, is the Sunday morning at 8.15. It's not that they're getting suited and booted to go out. It yeah. is the fact that they are dressed. <laughs> they, like, this woman was like, you know, drawing nylon lines on her calf uh, at 6.10 in the morning. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Meredith, what horror movies have you been in? Oh, I've done... Some horrible horror movies. <laughs> um, well, one that I don't know if it, I don't even know if you would call it a horror movie, but Lake Placid was a thriller with a croc with a huge crocodile. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Sure. me and now Betty White and Oliver Platt and Bill Pullman and Bridget Fonda, and oh. um, uh, so that was one. Then I did one called The Kiss, which was uh, it starred me and Joanna Pakula. And actually, the guy who played my boyfriend in that is Sean is was Sean Levy, the guy who now uh, runs the show Stranger Things. Um, and that was about an uh, this aunt from somewhere like Romania or something like that, and she has like this serpent snake. It was called the Host. Wait, no. Originally, it was called the Host, and it's like this. Wait, is it an ant a n t or an ant a u n t? An aunt who's got the snake. Okay. Got um, it. Okay. And then, oh, I did Village of the Damned, John Carpenter, uh, John Carpenter's Village of the Damned with Mark Hamill and Christopher Reeve and Kirstie Alley. Um, that was a good horror movie, I suppose. And what other ones, honey? I'm sure there are more. That's an amazing look. Uh, Oliver Platt, all the people in Lake Placid, Bill Pullman, it's all wonderful. That's a fun movie. Yeah. But this lineup of actors in this John Carpenter movie is a Astonishing! Yeah. What an inc- like every single one of those people. Yeah, Superman and Luke Skywalker. Every single one of those people so good. Like I'm, it's just an interesting combo. Yeah, and then I did a horror movie called I, I was about to say Arachnophobia. It's not Arachnophobia. It's, oh, it's Bugbuster, and instead of John, <laughs> in, instead of John Goodman as the guy, it was Randy Quaid. So there. <laughs> yeah. So I've done a bunch. I'm sure there's more. I just Randy Quaid. What's he up to? You don't yeah. see Randy oh. Quaid. And Let, what's he hang on, was? guys. Let me check. Let me check his Twitter. Oh, 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 oh. wow. I think Randy Quaid's Twitter is one of those where uh, you go to that one, then you go to uh, Kirstie Alley's Twitter just to take it down a few notches. Sure. Um, so yeah, you do want a couple years ago as part of a series of horror movies like. Oh, it was those Blumhouse films. Yeah. It was called Flesh and Blood with Dermot Mo. Nope. 
Dylan McDermott. Nope. <laughs> Dylan Mulroney. Uh, the classic, yeah. <laughs> the classic goof. Dylan. The classic conundrum. Dermot. Dermot Mulroney played my husband. Yeah. Do you, have you gotten murdered in any florid ways in any of these films? I have never been murdered. I have murdered. Oh, I congratulations. I stabbed someone in the neck with a pair of scissors. I stabbed someone through the stomach with hedge trimmers. I shot someone between the eyes and I've killed myself twice. I jumped off a cliff in Hawaii, and I put a gun in my mouth and shot myself. So, what, yeah. When you jumped off the cliff in Hawaii, was it because you believed that you knew how to use a hang glider like Father Yod from the Source family? <laughs> no, it was a dystopian future where everybody was depressed, and the yeah. government was implanting, like, Prozac into your body so that you didn't, so you could survive and, like, work in this world, and... um and then um, I scooped my thing out and realized life sucks, man. And then I jumped off a cliff. <laughs> but I was wearing a gorgeous dress. Ah, oh, fabulous. <laughs> you looked great. I looked amazing. Off that cliff. People, come on. <laughs> Patton, you, have, you, have you killed or been killed in, in things before? Oh, God, I've been killed so many times. Oh, my God, I can't. They even made a. Um, oh, wait. I uh, also I, I died. On... Sorry, I, have, I also died. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, baby, I just also died uh, the bloodiest death on um, Grey's Anatomy. Okay, go ahead, honey. Okay, yes, sorry. I've been I've been killed and tortured and beaten up so much that one time I was on Conan, and they made a, a quick montage of all the times I've been killed and beaten up in TV and movies, and it was a lot. Wow. Like, I've been, I have <laughs> had my ass kicked and been killed a lot. That's funny. I've never been killed. I've killed a lot, and you've been killed a lot. We're a perfect couple. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever really, I don't think I've ever killed anybody. Well, I did, I killed one person really, really in a long and bloody protracted way on a show called Justified. Um, uh, and that was after sustaining a very long beating. Oh, I so, saw that. Yeah. Yeah. One of those kind of things. So, yeah. Do you have a, do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite ass kicking? <laughs> yeah. What's your my favorite, favorite ass kicking? Justified. My favorite ass kicking. Yeah. The Justified. Justified one was so well done because. We had this incredible stunt coordinator who really knew how to make it look real. I mean, I did most of my stunts on that one, and it just looks like it's really happening. It's just so I just I'm I just appreciate how well filmed it is. Um, and then the probably the oh God, I mean, I have, there's so many deaths. Probably my um, most fun death was in the Reno 911 uh, movie where I get blown up by a missile. That was really fun. Yeah, that, that was, was really good. fun. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's fun being an actor sometimes when you get to do crazy yeah. things. I, I was doing a show and I remember after work, I called my mom. She was like, how was work today? I was like, it was amazing. I was beaten and I and I died in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, honey, I'm so happy for you. That sounds amazing. I wish I could die in the snow. <laughs> so tired of falling in lakes. <laughs> there's, a, there's a movie called um, Volcano uh, with Tommy Lee Jones and about a volcano and L.A. that came out in the 90s, which is really silly. There was a trend of volcano movies. Maybe the kids don't yeah. know. We had a that lot of volcanoes. And, well, we had 90s. that and Dante's Peak in the same summer. Right. And um, yeah. there's this one actor. He's a character actor. He's been in everything. He's been in Fargo. And he, um, at one point, there, there's lava like, down in the subway system. So he, there's, he's on a subway train. He's the conductor. He picks up a baby. He jumps in the lava. And then as the lava starts to burn him alive and kill him, he throws the baby to the EMTs and saves its life. And then the lava like burns him. And my friend was like, man, that was really upsetting. Like watching that. I know that was not cool. And I was like, 
that actor had the best day of his life. He's like, I get to, I save a baby. And then I have this insane death scene where I'm sacrificing myself in lava. Like it was, it was so hard for me to be upset by that. Cause I know that actor and I've met him since then. He was doing cartwheels when he got the script. Like, yes, this is going to be great. Like he was so happy. So I kind of, when you, when I hear you describe that, like, it sounds good in the script. It looks good on screen. But mm-hmm. my concern is that it would be like when you have a ceiling lamp and you can't see where the light socket is. And so you're trying to get the bulb into the light socket, but you keep missing the light socket and you're trying to twist it into the light socket. And you just, your arms hurt so bad from trying to keep them over your head to get that bulb into the, it would be like that, but with lava and a baby. Holding anything above your head for a long time is hard. Sucks. That's what Although when you watch the scene, this was uh, in the mid nineties during, there's this great period. I wish someone would do a documentary or a book about it. Post Jurassic Park, up until the Matrix, CGI movies was so frigging bad. And so the scene of him dissolving in the lava is done. So now, like, you can't not laugh at it. It's so badly done. It was like the height of what they could do. And I think even the baby was CGI. It's so badly done that he must look at that and just laugh his ass off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, eight years earlier, they would have done it with practical. I mean, just brought in some real lava. and Right. In the 90s, they thought they could do everything with computers. (laughs) Yeah, it's straight. It's like Jurassic Park still looks great, but it's like, okay, all the dinosaurs are in the dark. They're in the rain. There are probably a combined total of four and a half minutes of them in the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, it's mostly Newman. Yeah, it's mostly Newman. (laughs) Yeah, it's like people, like the people who made The Relic saw that and they're like, all right, CGI's here. I saw... Oh my God, I saw the relic and turbulence on the same night. I saw turbulence at the galaxy and then walked down the street and saw the relic at the Chinese theater. Two back to back, like, oh, good Lord. And it was back to back, like, the turbulence was, it's Lauren Holly's time to be a star. Nope. And then um, the relic was, it's time for Tom Sizemore. Nope. It was just like, <laughs> oh man, so amazing. I will always remember the relic, not for Tom Sizemore's performance, but for the perfect like fictional conceit that there is a monster in a museum that their food source is the human spinal cord. So they have to. So every kill has to be a decapitation. It just has to be because that's what the monster eats. It needs that spine juice. Spine juice. Beautiful spine juice. Hot. Hey, Jordan, I have a question. Please. I was just going to say, Jesse has his own podcast. We were on his podcast. And I was just wondering, do you also have your own? Are you guys like, is this... I'm just curious. How many do you have? Do you each have like a (laughs) hundred? Well, Jordan created a smash hit fiction podcast, the graphic novel of which is now available in stores. Oh, what's it called? Thank you, Jesse. It is called Bubble. And yes, that was my only other podcast was being like involved in the creation of that. But no, I'm, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, I had a, I had a hot, a hot fling with that, but I'm I'm a one podcast kind of guy, and I know you Jesse. One podcast guy, and Jesse, are you like a thirty podcast guy? What's up? Yeah, I'm down to three, but I've been known to three. dabble. Wow, three's a lot. <laughs> I've been trying to get off the I've been trying to get off the ground this show that our CEO keeps telling me is a bad idea, uh, both because I can barely do the work that I'm already committed to, and because it's a bad idea. Um, which is an Antiques Roadshow recap podcast. 
Um, and I don't know if the podcast recap audience and the Antiques Roadshow mm-hmm. audience are coincidental, but I do feel like with the right co-host and the right formatting that Antiques Shit Show could really take off. <laughs> Jordan, he's asking you on camera. Will you be my co-host? <laughs> is what he's trying to say. You know, I listen. I do. <laughs> I do like the. You know, I like the. I like the road show. I'll tune in from time to time. Um, but I don't think I'm the right man for the job. I'm. I'm a one podcast guy, and 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 I just kind of look the other way when Jesse goes out there catting around. <laughs> yeah, but Jordan, right now, <laughs> Meredith is just a girl standing in oh. front of a podcast host asking. If he will co-host, <laughs> well, fine. Then me and Patton will have a podcast Take where we him. just talk about Tom Sizemore. You can have it. Um, well, hey, should we uh, should we all take a break and have a little spine juice? And then, uh... Yeah, let's take a break. Take a sip spine of juice. spine juice. I know a good place. I know a really good uh, place for spine juice that just got its first Michelin star. So, well, um, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. <laughs> It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Uh, Jordan Morris, boy detective. Now, can, let me tell you this, Jordan. Every single week we do this program. You know who brings this program to our listeners? Who? A lot of people think it's Brian Fernandez. Some people think it's Valerie Moffat. You know, some some people think it's uh, Steve Jobs through the magic <laughs> of the internet. Right. Thank you, Steve. Um, but it's our listeners. Our listeners bring the show to you, our listeners, all the members of Maximum Fun who's, who've gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. A tip of the cap to them. Also this week, our friends at Magic Spoon. Now, I've told you this, Jordan. You know what I ate for breakfast today? Uh, is it delicious Magic Spoon cereal? Poached eggs. No, okay. I, well, yes, it was Magic Spoon cereal, and... We got, at the beginning of having a new advertiser so we can talk about the thing, often they will send us a sample of their thing. Uh, This was not that. This was Magic Spoon that I paid for with my own money because I really like Magic Spoon. Yes. I like it so much. (laughs) There's a special phenomenon that happens in the podcasting world. It's when it's that special moment. That moment when you use your own promo code because you like a product so much, you use your own promo code because you want a discount on that sweet, sweet product. Yeah, except for that my wife did the first order. I don't think she used our promo code. I think she used a different promo code. She probably used a promo code from fucking Pod Save America or something like that. Well, listen, offset the, offset the harm Chapo, that Jesse's wife did You know how Chapo Trap House are always doing those plugs for Magic Spoon? Here's what Magic Spoon is. Uh, uh, it is a healthy breakfast that is not boring. Uh, it's, it's cereal. They got amazing flavors you love without all the bad stuff. Zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, 140 calories, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. There is no grains in this, so I do not know how they make it. I mean, I know it's round, it's it's tubular, you know, so there's an extruder involved. I know they're extruding this. I don't know how they make it, but what's amazing about it is it is, it is not only crunchy in milk, it stays crunchy in milk. It's tasty as heck. My favorite is the peanut butter. And you're getting a lot of, I mean... 
13 or 14 grams of protein is like protein food level of protein. Like that is serious protein. And for me, what that means is if I have a bowl of cereal in the morning, uh, I'm not like angry and trying to figure out why an hour and a half later. And it's like, <laughs> oh, it's be- it's because I, I just ate a bowl of corn for breakfast and the, the sugar is coursed through my body and left it. Like the, the protein helps it stick to your ribs and, uh, keep you strong all morning long, and it, and it tastes good as heck. I, I really like this stuff. Yeah, tons of great flavors. Cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, and cinnamon. Uh, really, really tasty stuff. Uh, I love it. Jesse loves it. Uh, and hey, if you're going to buy this stuff, we got a promo code for you. Don't use that Chapo code, please. No, no. I know. Well, look, everybody wants to go to magicspoon.com slash control the means of production. <laughs> uh, but use our code. Go to magicspoon.com slash JJGo to grab your delicious cereal and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code JJGo at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon so confident in their product, it is backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. I'd love to see Chapo Trap House try that. <laughs> Magicspoon.com slash JJGo, promo code JJGo to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. We're also brought to you this week by BetterHelp. Now, Jordan, you and I have often talked on Jordan Jesse Go. Uh, about what therapy has meant to our lives. I think for both of us, it has been uh, very important. Um, I know, uh, you know, you've worked through a lot of family issues with your therapist. Uh, For me and my therapist, you know, just last week, my therapist said she heard Mike Mitchell on Comedy Bang Bang, and he seemed like a really good man. (laughs) Um, So we both have gotten a lot from therapy, is my point here. He's a good man. We both have gotten a lot. From, I mean, he is. He's a good man, Mike Mitchell. Uh, yeah. So if 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 you are uh, having problems in your life, if you're feeling down and out, depressed, if you're at a total loss, if you have high stress, if you could, uh, if you just need to unload, yeah, you just want some support. You like, I don't, I don't think what I want to say is, if you're thinking about therapy and you're not sure if you're sick enough, f- fuck that. You can get support from therapy. Whether or not you have a diagnosable mental illness or whatever, there's no standard. Therapy can help you process what's going on in your life, um, and it is immensely valuable for this reason. What's nice about BetterHelp is it's an it's an easy way to access that. Not not everybody wants to go into an office. Not everybody has the opportunity to go into an office. Not everybody can a- a- afford to pay for in-person therapy. BetterHelp is a, a good bit cheaper than most. Um, this is a great way to, to access therapy if, if other ways to access therapy uh, don't work for you. Yeah, it is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. And it's more affordable than in-person therapy. Uh, and see, see if it's for you. I think, like Jesse said, it's, it's, it's really great for a variety of uh, you know, different life scenarios. If you're uh, having a tough time, it's great. But also if you know, you're just going through life and things aren't particularly bad, but you, know, you just want to talk stuff out, it is, it, it's really awesome. Uh, uh, we do it regularly. Uh, we, we really think you should consider doing it regularly, too. Um, and BetterHelp is a great way to do it. Jordan, can I give you an example of the kind of life situation that you might get some support from? Please. Absolutely. So you head out on your boat, and you think you're just going to do some whale science. Mm-hmm. 
But then oh, your boy. boat... Yeah, I think we've all been through this. Your boat crashes, <laughs> and you're like, well, here I am with young Ben Affleck on a deserted island, this grumpy old man and a deaf lady. And you're saying to yourself, how am I going to get water? Okay, you dial up better help. They're going to tell you the deaf woman knows how to use a tarpaulin to gather condensation. <laughs> so yes, if you find yourself in a voyage of the Mimi situation, betterhelp.com slash JJ go. Oh, is that, is that a, is that a, I had no oh, yeah. idea that was, is that similar to the public television educational program, The Voyage of the Mimi from the late 1980s? It, it is. It's, it's shockingly huh. similar. Shockingly similar. Well, coincidental. Parallel thought. Better help. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Jordan Jesse Go listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash jjgo. Have your first session in under 48 hours at b-e-t-t-e-r-h-e-l-p dot com slash jjgo. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Meredith, that was your cue, Meredith. We just talked about this, Meredith. Oh, Lord. Oh, I don't know how you guys were doing this. Hey, it's Meredith Pinkie Pot Pie. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking great. You just saved it. Very nice. You just saved it big time. Bad news for you, Patton. You follow That's that. That's right, baby. It's Patton Potty Pink Oswald. He did it. <laughs> yeah, well, fair enough. Thank you. How do we both get yeah. pink, baby? <laughs> Patton's suffering from internal bleeding. <laughs> That's yes, going thank on you. There. <laughs> or he just ate a lot of beets and forgot. Those are the two <laughs> possibilities for that scenario. You two are brand new podcasts. You you guys are talking about starting podcasts with us. We're we're seventy five years into podcasting, and you two just started podcasting. We're like brand new yeah. babies on yeah, the we're scene. Baby, uh... Bringing some fresh, fresh meat to the audiences out they there in meat. listening land. Hey everybody. <laughs> This is new. It's exciting. Look, it's a couple that laughs and makes fun of each other. Oh, <laughs> crave new flesh. It's just some guys sitting around a table talking about geek culture. There you go. Yep. <laughs> we have a new podcast. It's called Did You Get My Text? Because all we ever do is text each other all day long, even if he's in the next room. In fact, ooh, I just heard a little boy. Mm. Yeah, that was my that was my youngest child, Frankie, yelling for my, my middle child, Oscar. Oh, he's yelling for you. No, Frankie hates me. <laughs> Frankie, <laughs> Frankie's Frankie's big catchphrase is "Daddy, you're stupid." Oh Daddy, no, you're stupid, Daddy, you're stupid. Jesse, stupid is Navi for beautiful. Oh, <laughs> did you not know that? I should explain that my children are Navi, the blue people from the movie Avatar. Um, you may remember the movie Avatar. It's the one you went to yes. that gave you a headache halfway through. Like 17 years ago, and there's going to come out the sequel anytime soon? Is there like four on the way or something? Yeah, so the idea is James Cameron, given the the success of the first Avatar movie, James Cameron decided to breed real-life Na'vi. God, Now, my kids are currently four, seven, and nine, so in about 10 years, they'll be big enough for the screen. Nice. And then uh, James Cameron is going to be releasing 17 consecutive Avatar (laughs) sequels. Good God. Um, 
Most of them are going to be in the deep sea. <laughs> have you two learned anything about podcasting in your four episodes? Have you help taken us, help any us. lessons? <laughs> help you. You're the veterans. Don't come to the newbies. Um, I mean, we're still working on the basics of getting him to put his earphones in and to make sure that. And what's the other thing? Turn off your fan. And what's the other thing? Turn on your recording device. And what else? Yeah. Baby? So many goddamn beans before the show. Well, I mean, Don't crinkle paper the in the background. Don't chew into the mic. You know, your basic stuff. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm working on it. I'm working on the meat and potatoes, damn it. Yeah. Patton usually just bangs his Grammy against the microphone. <laughs> Larry Mullen says hello. Bang, bang, bang. Hi, Larry. No, we're just... Uh, yeah. It was incredible, Larry Mullen's impression. Yeah. Sounded spooky. Wow, is he in the room? Patton, can we talk to Larry? Is Larry there? Can we talk to him? Hang on one second. I'm going to do that classic thing that every hack meeting did in the 80s. What if Jack Nicholson was a produce clerk? <laughs> it's me, Kirk Hammett from Metallica. Okay, on Jordan Jesse Go, we ask you to call in to some of our favorite long-running segments on the program. I'm not going to list them all here. There's too many ideas that we have thought of through hard work and careful attention to the formatting of this program. All we ask when you call us is just let us know which segment you're calling into at the beginning. Uh, here's someone who's calling into one. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, and uh, possible guest, I'm going to say Carl Tart. Close. Uh, this is Casey from Seattle, and I'm calling in uh, for your recurring segment, PFAL Victims Support Group. I was reminded to call in by a recent episode, and um, I was a uh, really troubling time. I uh, used to work at a McDonald's in rural Missouri, and there was uh, this farm on the way to work that had a peacock on it that loved to get out in the road and just stand there. And it was a uh, one lane, you know, one of those one lane country roads, and there were divots on both sides. So I couldn't drive around. You had to get out and shoot all the time. I was late to work quite a few times. Uh, but there was one really specific one that sticks in my head to this day. Uh, <laughs> I... You know, the bird's there. I get out of the car, try to shoo it off, and uh, it jumped onto the roof of my 97 Saturn SL2, dropped a massive deuce, and just ran back off into the woods like some kind of shit-spitting dryad. <laughs> and I had to drive to work <laughs> after being completely dumbfounded by this. <laughs> Let it sit on my car. And then I couldn't wash it until I got back home, and it permanently stained the paint on this already trashy-looking car, admittedly. Oh. But I just wanted to get it off my chest. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate the, appreciate the show. <laughs> I hate to admit this in this in this company. I don't know. I don't know what a dryad is. So Meredith, could you explain that to me? What is a dryad, Meredith? What is a dryad? I'm assuming it's some sort of bird that looks like a peacock <laughs> it's a it's a it's a female wood spirit i thought <laughs> it's a tree nymph 
Patton it's, looks really yeah, worried. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a tree nymph. Patton's like, Jesus Christ, is it a bird that looks like a peacock? Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> it's a nature spirit who lives in the trees and takes the form of a beautiful young woman. Oh. Dryads yeah. were the spirit of the oak trees. Hmm. But the, the name was later applied to all tree nymphs. Thank you. Okay, because yeah. I had... So basically... It, it's a hot Lorax. <laughs> I mean, I think the regular Lorax is pretty hot. Are you saying there's a hotter Lorax? Yeah, it's kind of that's kind of judgy, Patton. Right. This is a hot Lorax. <laughs> oh, I love the Lorax. A hot Lorax, <laughs> honey, you're funny. Thank you. Hot Lorax. <laughs> Valerie like that. <laughs> <laughs> Patton, are you? Do you just sit around? Do you sit around the dinner oh, table all yeah. day making jokes, and then your wife Meredith says to you, "Oh, honey, you're funny." Oh, there is. <laughs> well, um, that would be nice. There's. It's more like. Well. Oh God. Because <laughs> I will get on these rolls. It sometimes it's oh God, sometimes it's eye rolls, and sometimes <laughs> it's like okay, stop. All right, okay, that was funny. Now stop, stop now. That's, and then he'll just uh, keep punning it up. You say one thing and yeah, that will go stop. forever. I cannot stop. And then I say, you're so clever. Okay, now stop. And then I'm like, seriously, if you don't stop, I'm divorcing you. So stop now. She literally makes it sound like she's an abused wife. Okay, you're so clever. Just stop, please. You're really clever. Yeah, stop. Please stop. No, it's when you do a voice that I can't stand. I'm like, stop right now. Stop. No, really, really. Like the puns I can handle. Like I'm joking around. Like shut the fuck up. But when you do a voice that is so unappealing to me, I, I, I will leave you. I can't. I will fall less in love with you. I know it. Just See, stop, stop it. <laughs> Even when he does one of his famous rock and roll impressions? It's me, John Frusciante. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that sounds just like John Frusciante. Yeah, oh my God. Thank um, you. Thank you. Yeah, I spot really on, Jordan. Enough. God, Frusciante. you're talented. You know, a couple yeah. weeks to get in character, really just get into his head. <laughs> you did it. Wow. That was good, man. Was he a consultant on the podcast? He was one. Yeah. I think John Frusciante. We did, yeah. I, we we like to bring in a lot of consultants. It's really fun. Makes mm-hmm. us feel like big shots too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's actually how we first met Dennis Farina. He he was just a Chicago police officer. <laughs> I love. And he came into our podcast as a as a consultant, and I love Dennis Farina so much. Oh, I love him. Dennis Farina, he awesome. is, and, and he he's in one of my all time favorite movies. Obviously, Midnight Run. Um, he really was a Chicago police officer. He really was a beat cop. Before he got into acting, and he yeah. and he consulted in on films, and then people said, "Why don't you get like he get?" Because his look is amazing, and his yes. voice. Oh God, <laughs> he's one of those people you could just put up an eight by ten of them on your wall and gaze at. Right, it. right. I, I think he's amazing. Just learn new things every yeah. time. I could. I think my attitude would change constantly if I just had him to check, just to check. Like, just check in. Okay, stop what you're doing. Your behavior is hideous. Just look over there. You're right. I, I get it. I'll shut up now. I think if I had a picture of Dennis Farina, I'd be a better person. Don't you, honey? Wow. Can I make a wow. suggestion, Meredith? You're you're turning this on yourself and your own behavior. Yeah. Maybe you get yourself an 8 by 10 or maybe even a poster print of Dennis Farina. You put that in the family dining room. Whenever Patton's doing a voice, you just you just gesture towards yeah. it. You just d- look at the stash. Take a look at Dennis. Yeah. Look at that gorgeous head of hair on Dennis Farina. Does Dennis look happy right now? Does he look happy? No. Because he's always scowling. So. Yeah. I don't know. I think in that moment, you guys, I don't think Dennis would be on my side in those situations. I think what? 
I, I would be like, look, Patton. And Dennis would be like, Meredith, <laughs> stop criticizing him. And I think I would still lose. So you think Dennis would be supportive? I think Dennis would be supportive you think of would. Yep. Uh, uh, he might say, shut up, go get a wow. cream soda, stick an eye yeah. in your eye or something like that. Yeah, but, exactly. Give me some sport peppers. Sydney, yeah. have a sandwich, drink a glass of milk, do some fucking thing. Do some thing. fucking thing. Some fucking thing. <laughs> I know. I think we all can agree that Dennis Farina is hot, but like, who's the most fuckable Dr. Seuss character? Let's get into it. <laughs> yeah. We all know. That's Dr. a good Seuss question. Oh my God. I mean, kind of the Grinch. Oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the Grinch is pretty hot. Sure. If you like bad boys. You know those you know those super guns with all the uh with all the nozzles from the butter battle book? I'd stick my dick in one of those. <laughs> oh my God. You know, just see what happens. I mean, may this and this hey, this could be a personal preference thing, but Horton's thick. <laughs> yeah. But he's Horton too sweet. He's too sweet. I like him thick and sweet. I like him thick and sweet. Then you might love Patton. If you like thick and sweet, you might love Patton. <laughs> that's that's how you find me when you category shop on Tinder. Thick and sweet. Thick and sweet, there I am. <laughs> the old thick and sweet. Can I ask you guys a, a follow-up question to Jordan's question? Redfish or bluefish? Hmm. One fish, two Ooh, fish. I'll take the two fish, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Brian, delete this episode. Thank you. <laughs> By the way, this isn't any kind of plug, but um, next Friday at the Arrow Theater, they're showing a double feature of Midnight Run and Beverly Hills Cop. And in between, Paul Thomas Anderson's going to talk to director Martin Brest about Midnight Run, which is apparently like no one of Paul wow. Thomas Anderson's favorite films. I love Paul Thomas Anderson. I have watched both of those movies in the last three months. And uh, the reason people like those movies is because they fucking own. So those good. movies are both so fucking good. <laughs> Midnight Run is my favorite movie of all time. That's my number one. What is my favorite movie? Yeah, it's Midnight that's a, Run. It's a fantastic choice. You could you could hardly do Done, better for period. a favorite movie of all time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Let's take one more call, Brian. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, Sunny D, and guest. This is Owen calling uh, for your favorite. Best segment, Water Bottle Thief. I was uh, on the boardwalk in Seaside, Oregon uh, with my brother, and we sat on a nice bench and uh, looked out on the sea, and then we walked away, and I had left my water bottle on the bench and realized this uh, just a short walk away. Uh, When I realized, I uh, jogged back, and as I approached the bench, I saw a man hop off of his bicycle on this little boardwalk bike path, and he started walking towards the bench, too. Um, I beat him there by about 10 feet and grabbed my water bottle, and right as I did, he said, ah, dang it. (laughs) I didn't really know what to do, so I just uh, smiled and said hi and walked away. And as I did, he hopped back on his bike, and as he passed me, he said, well, I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> anyway, love you guys. Love right. the show. Bye-bye. Oh, man. My heart is broken. Oh, that's so sad. He needed a water bottle. Have you guys seen how they dress at water bottle thief cons, though? Because <laughs> he is not the only one. Right. <laughs> He's not the only one. <laughs> oh, big... I feel so sad for that guy. Yeah. Which guy? The guy who had to box out a water bottle thief? That's who I feel sad for. 
I feel sad for the water bottle thief guy. He want he needed a water bottle. Yeah. Have you been to America's inner cities in 2021? People are stealing water bottles from each other left and right. That's Joe Biden's America. <laughs> He's water inner city water bottle thieves. I mean, you know, he had a Poland Springs. He had a Fiji. He just needed a Dasani mm-hmm. <laughs> for water bottle bingo. <laughs> almost. He was almost there. Uh, 206-984-4FUN or JJGO at MaximumFun.org. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Since the dawn of time, screenwriters have taken months to craft their stories. But now, three Hollywood professionals shall attempt the impossible. Break a story in one hour. That's right. Here on Story Break, I, Freddie Wong, Matt Arnold, and Will Campos, the creators behind award-winning shows like Video Game High School, have one hour to turn a humble idea into an awesome movie. Now, an awesome movie starts with an awesome title. I chose The Billionaire's Marriage Valley. Mine was Christmas Pregnant Paradise. (laughs) Okay, next we need a protagonist. So I've heard Wario best described as libertarian, (laughs) Mark. And of course, every great movie needs a stellar pitch. In order to get to heaven sometimes you gotta raise a little hell <laughs> that's the tagline <laughs> check out story break every week on maximumfun.org or wherever you get your podcasts la, 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 la. hey i'm jordan morris creator of the max fun scripted sci-fi comedy podcast bubble we just released a special episode of bubble to celebrate the launch of our new graphic novel at sf sketchfest in 2019 we recorded a live show with allison becker eliza skinner mike mitchell christella alonzo and special guests gene gray jonathan colton jesse thorne nick weiger and a bunch of other cool folks we suspect he'll show signs of mutation when in a state of excitement now annie matched with him on tinder so she's gonna act as the honeypot I do enjoy being called a honeypot. Hey, you know what's better than honey? Gravy. (gasps) Oh yeah, can I be the gravy sack? Out now on MaximumFun.org and wherever you get podcasts. And pick up the graphic novel at your local bookstore today. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Hi, I'm the lovely and talented Meredith Salinger, but you could call me Pinkie Pot Pie. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Thank you. Stuck the landing. <laughs> and Pat Oswalt. <laughs> Hi, I'm Pat Oswalt, but you can call me Meaty Mince Pie. About that. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Wow. We're doing a whole Demon Barber of Fleet Street thing here. <laughs> a little meaty mince pie there, Gov. <laughs> Patton, what would Dennis think? Uh, Take a look at Farina. Uh, he, hey, Patton, great voice. I love him. He is not. I happy. love the voice, Patton. It's me, Dennis Farina. Hey, it's me, Dennis Farina. <laughs> From the Chicago Police Department. (laughs) I have to tell you, I have been, uh, my son Oscar is really, really into Batman, uh, which I'm perfectly fine with. I've never been a super Batman dude, but I like Batman as as much as the next guy. I'm glad Oscar has this interest. And we have been reading these Batman comics uh, that our friend Glenn Weldon recommended to me. Recent recent guest on the show, Glenn Weldon, Batman expert. And um, 
a lot of them are like from the 40s and 50s mm-hmm. where Batman does not fight supervillains. He fights faceless thugs. He f- just fights a lot mm. of uh, he fights a lot of just gangsters. Guys in suits. Yeah, guys in suits yeah. and like fedoras. Yeah. And like by the later ones in the 50s, uh, he tends to chase them across a giant globe in a science museum or like through an alternate dimension or something. Uh, but it remains that like many of the bad guys are just generic guys in suits. And um, I have to say, like I'm reading these out loud with my son Oscar, there is just nothing better than making strong choices at old-timey gangster voices. Like just each guy has his own <laughs> ridiculous old-timey gangster voice. It is the pleasure of my life right now to just be like, Hey, there goes Batman over there. Or Oh my god, I love that. You know, like every single guy. Oh, what a what a joy and a delight it is. Jesse, that sounds really stupid. <laughs> Navi, you're beautiful. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, Jordan. Uh Pat and Meredith, as we mentioned earlier, you guys uh, have a podcast together. Uh, what's what's the name of the podcast? Where can people find it? Did you get my text? That's the name. Is the name of the podcast. <laughs> yes. And um, they can find it wherever they get their podcasts. It's everywhere. Starburns Audio or, you know, all of the places people get podcasts. Now, this is like, is the, this is sort of like, uh, I'm not super familiar with podcasts. This is like a uh, serial kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's about a murder. Mm-hmm. And I discover, the, the premise of the podcast is I discover a dead body and I keep texting him like help me there's a murder out there and he doesn't ever come to save me and i'm like finally he comes and i'm like did you get my fucking text yeah and but we didn't want to say that in the title so it's just did you get my text look you make it sound fun that's what hooks the people in then Mm -hmm. they get into the entry it's a murder podcast but this is the premise (laughs) of this show (laughs) and we murder sadness and boredom that's there you go. Yeah. Boom. You. Stab it yeah. right in its fucking yeah, face. Yeah, we kill. <laughs> we kill. We kill. We're so funny. It's a murder podcast. Hey, hey did you kill? Like I killed. Thanks, Pat. Oh, sorry. <laughs> While we're plugging Oswalt Salinger joint collabos. Sorry, excuse me, mm-hmm. Jordan. It's. Salinger Oswald. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Yep. Mm. I, I, oh, yep. Okay. Uh, uh, yes. Salinger Oswald. Salinger. Guys, please. I don't want to sleep on the couch again. Just Salinger Oswald. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, do I, I also do it. Salinger Oswald. Salinger Oswald. Yeah, as you plug that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you sleep on the couch, Dennis Farino watches you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're having sweet dreams down there. Yeah. I'll keep the nightmares away, kid. <laughs> oh, who's throwing sport peppers at me? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I have been watching the Hulu television show Modoc, uh, and it best animated is, show of all time it ever. Is so yeah, sorry, the Simpsons. Insanely funny. Sorry, uh, Simpsons. Sorry, yeah. Family Guy. Out of the way. It's um, the hardest yeah. I've laughed at TV in a long time. People should Damn. watch it. Thank you. This is Jordan. Explain to me, who is Modoc. He is, of course, a mental organism designed only for killing. He is a deep cut okay. Marvel Comics character uh, who Patton voices in the show. <clears throat> Meredith does a bunch of hilarious voices of other deep cut Marvel characters, including Madame Mask. That's right, baby. It is. Yep. Uh, yes, it's about. That's not how she talks, by the way. She's yeah. sexy, but go on. She's like, yeah, that's right, baby. It's me, Madame Mask. Mm-hmm. Hi, hello. 
is about Modoc doing heists and trying to reconcile with his wife who he's separated from. <laughs> yeah, it's a family. It's his it's his home family life while he's also being a villain out yeah. there and destroying the world. Right. It's important to do both. Yeah. I mean, they do have real lives. These people don't just, you know, not exist once you don't see them killing someone. <laughs> Patton, do you have to ask yeah. do you have to ask permission for each marginal character that you bring into the universe of the television show or do you have a blanket uh, go ahead that's a great question that is a really good question and we had some very weird moments where we just went ahead and wrote the scripts we wanted to write first and then saw what they would approve and we ended up um getting approval for some pretty big uh characters that we didn't think they would let us use they mm-hmm. let us use iron man they let us use mr sinister from the x-men for god's sakes madam mask is not a minor marvel character she's a major iron man villain um, that I assume is going to be assume is going to be a big bad down the road in some of those movies. They're doing a spinoff with me with my own show, live action. Go on. Um, they would let us use some pretty huge characters, and then there were these insanely uh, obscure characters that were like, "Well, they'll let us have this," and they wouldn't let us have them. The two that really stuck out were something called there's a guy called Stilt Man who is exactly <laughs> what he sounds like. He has these legs, like mechanical legs. He can make grow really big. And I guess he like use them to go up buildings and rob stuff. It's the dumbest character ever. <laughs> but with Stillman, they're just like, sorry, we licensed that to Whammo. <laughs> I, it's the, they're like, you can't use them. We're like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Like, yeah, you can't use them. It's like, like Sony I'm, one more Spider-Man. Time, we can't, who yeah. can't we use? Um, so that was insane. And then there was another character named <laughs> Turner D. Century. Turner D. Century. And he's a guy who dresses like he's always living in the 1920s and he wants everything to be in the 1920s and he's somehow a criminal and it's the dumbest. And they were like, no, you can't have him. We're like, I'm, I'm sorry, what? Like, it made no sense. Why? And, then, and although it did make us sit around going, what do they have planned for Turner D's? <laughs> did, like, like, like did, did Joaquin Phoenix say he would play him in a movie so that it, Keeping him like a Idris Elba is going to be Stilt Man. <laughs> we have Idris Elba tapped to play Stilt Man in Thor 5. <laughs> it was very, very weird. So, yeah, that, that has always mystified me. I don't know what is going on. I actually met Turner D. Century once. Oh, for the yeah, where in Silver Lake? Out at the, out at the Rose Bowl flea market. <laughs> Throw a rock, you'll hit him. My first apartment I furnished with all of the stuff from the Rose Bowl. In fact, we still have things in this house that I, from my first apartment from the Rose Bowl flea market. Wow. You did a whole house, nothing but air plants. (laughs) Just air plants. The plants that you have to water with a mister. I got my first teapot from there. Oh, wow. That's a big moment in, in, in anyone's life. My first teapot. You're getting your first teapot. My first yeah. teapot. Driver's license. My first teapot. That was my, my favorite Judy Bloom book, My First Teapot. Uh, it, it, it introduced me to, you know, buying and drinking tea, which was something that we did not talk about in the 80s with teenagers. And luckily, Judy Bloom wrote that book, My First Teapot. And then there's, are you there, God? It's me, the toaster. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter has My daughter has gotten really interested in the idea of live television lately because it was completely mm-hmm. foreign to her experience. She got kind of obsessed with it and started watching YouTube videos that are home 
that are recordings off of VHS of like Saturday morning cartoons from like 1992 mm-hmm. or like 1989, oh, re- like recording the TV playing the old cartoon. Like yes, like That's someone funny. recorded it on the VHS. Did you guys then later, the commercials, all the commercials wow, and cool. everything. Yeah. And the, the two lessons that I have taken from watching a couple of these are number one. Uh, there's no way that my brain was not destroyed by the children's television of the late 1980s and early 1990s. Oh God, it, it was is so bad. Truly horrible. It's atrocious, like, and it was. I I I almost want to give them credit, although I don't. Cause it's horrible. They were really just openly advertisements for toys, and they did not. They made zero attempt at subtly trying to hide it or having some kind of shame about it. It was. Pokemon, if you want to save the world, you got to really have all the Pokemon cards. There's no way to yeah. to do it. You want to be a bad kid. Like, oh, it's so awful. Yeah. Brave Star, buy the fucking space horse. <laughs> buy the space horse, dipshit. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the other thing is that they do show the commercials and just, there's just a lot of dolls that piss themselves. I had Baby Alive. Baby Alive was my favorite. I loved Baby. Mm. You fed her this banana stuff and she it pooped right yes, out. Yes, that is one of them. It poops. It's a pooping doll. Yeah. You pay a premium for the pooping feature. I mean, it was just the same stuff you put in the you, top. That's like the touring, the same stuff. The touring version you know, of the dolls clearly, when you get obviously. the poops. Standard is no poops, but if you get the optional <laughs> equipment, it's a pooping doll. Hold on, I don't have kids, so I guess mm-hmm. I'm kind of in the dark on this. So Paw Patrol doesn't shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's don't Paw Patrol today, don't shit? so few. But thank you for thank you for bringing it home to my point, which is I don't understand why today's kids. Um, I mean, as far as I know, they're still shitting. So why their toys aren't, I do not know. Answer me that, Joe fucking Biden. You know why? Because that's how we're evolving and the toy industry is so ahead of it. They know where we're mm. going. And in a couple more generations, there won't be any more pooping. Really? Where will the... So they're just they're, they're just ahead of the curve. Where will the excrement, no excrement. come out? Nose? Uh, you know what? You will all, you and I, and we'll all be dead by then. We don't need to know right now. It's better not <laughs> you to just, know. You <laughs> upload your waste at a Whole Foods. You come. Yeah. There's That's, a waste pipe yeah. that you connect yourself to, and it goes <laughs> right to top of Bezos. <laughs> I don't know. That's actually our new <laughs> our new slogan on Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go: Colin, it's better not to it's know. Not to know. <laughs> uh, here's here's what here's what I think people should do. Yeah. Watch Modoc, yeah, and you tweet me where you get to the part where Modoc says paging Doctor Horny, <laughs> and you, and then you get at me on Twitter and and you tell me what you've laughed harder at this year. Yeah, you tell me. Yeah. There's nothing. You're you're if you're if you're saying there's something you laughed harder at, you're fucking wrong. Paging Doctor Horny is the funniest TV thing you've ever you've seen, seen all year. Wow. I promise. Modoc. I want to see that. I haven't seen that yet. It's stilt really funny. Man. When <laughs> Did you hear that I got my uh, I sold my stilt man pitch? <laughs> oh wow. Who's playing him? Yeah, who'd you get? Jo- Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin, you said yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh well Meredith Patton, it's been a joy to have you on the program. Uh the podcast is called Did You Get My Text? Uh, it is a very funny, very entertaining podcast. I have listened to three of the four episodes and enjoyed them very much. Oh, the fourth, did not care Jesse. for. 
fourth no, that I care for. No, you didn't listen I just to haven't it yet. listened to the fourth one yet. Just haven't listened to the fourth one. That one's like the there. best one. They just <laughs> keep getting better. They Working really do. My way over. We're learning. You, you get to hear us learn every week. Oh, the, hey. the, the learning curve is exponential. It's a lot like, uh, you know, our listeners are used to hearing us not learn every week. <laughs> so, what can just you make learn after same, 30 years of podcasting? The same mistakes right. week after week. <laughs> Uh, our producer, Brian Sonny D. Fernandez, Valerie Moffat on the uh, live stream there. Our theme music is Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic records from the album Kites Are Fun, the best of The Free Design, which I know we say this once in a while on the show, but probably not enough. You sh- really should buy that record because it's so fucking great. The Free Design are totally amazing. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Jordan underscore Morris at Jesse Thorne. Hashtag it JJGo on Twitter. If you have uh, corrections for the program, uh, Jordan, I don't know if you noticed this. Um, we used to have people tweet all their corrections uh, to our friends at Gas Station TV. Um, Gas Station TV went through some changes. I know their Twitter account wasn't there anymore, but I was at the pump the other day and I saw that the new host on Gas Station TV is Maria Menounos. So just tweet her corrections for Jordan. Mm. There you go. What do we care? You know, she's doing fine. She's She's great. great. She's good looking. She's good at hosting shows. Smoking hot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just tweet it at Menounos. Yeah, I think that's probably all we need to say. Maximumfun.reddit.com is where you can talk about the show on Reddit. And Facebook.com slash Jordan Jesse Go is where we are on Facebook. And we will talk to you next. Oh, and guess what? We're at the end of this episode, and Jordan's book came out this past week. Yeah. Jordan's book has now been out for like a oh, week. Wow. So just go, go go buy the fucking go buy Bubble. Get the what are you doing? It's a lot of fun. Bubble. You'll like it. Uh, oh, and hey, if you if you if you want a signed copy, uh, you, you can uh, you can still get them through the uh, through the old web, Book Soup <gasps> website. Book Soup, great great indie bookstore here in L.A. Love Book Soup. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, they have a signed uh, copy. Uh, page of their website and you can you can get one there support a nice local indie bookstore bubble it's got a bunch of robots and gore and sex jokes and friendship uh, i think we think you'll like it Ooh, sex. <laughs> can i t- jordan i gotta tell you something mm-hmm. a lot of our listeners probably already bought one buy one for your sister yeah she's been meaning to get back into comics your sister just learned to read buy her something come on <laughs> get her something she's finally reading it was a struggle yeah. for her this is a big thing for her <laughs> okay we'll talk to you next time on jordan jessica maximumfun.org comedy and culture artist owned audience supported